Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 319, Keeping That Feeling. Indie Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore music cast. And we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and talk about staying motivated today by continuing to remember and experience why you got into music and audio in the first place. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? How is my audio? Am I loud? A little bit of a uh, sound like it's it's a little too hot into the pre or something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have it dialed back, but um, yeah, this is a test. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some different mics to see how they work. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just lean back a little bit. So this is a SM58, and I have. Oh, it, there you go. I have it run. Yeah, I'm just maybe I won't eat the mic. Um, <laughs> sit back a little bit, and uh, yeah, I have it running through my dynamite uh, mic pre which adds, nice. I think, like 28 dB of gain, which is probably more than a SM58 needs, but, you know. Yeah, I think you definitely have some room. Uh, I, I, I like the, that was an improvement as far as what I'm hearing. Oh, just, um, <laughs> just leaning back? <laughs> just leaning back a little bit, yeah. Good to know. It gets, it gets better and better, so if you could just go back to the window. Um, <laughs> so you can't hear me, and then you can just do the podcast by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you now. This sure. sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I see you made a conscious effort to switch up your shirt, your shirt today, your look. <laughs> I got a compliment for my wife. She likes salmon on me. Oh, my wife likes salmon on me and I don't necessarily like it on me, but <laughs> wife's going to wife. You know, it's, it's sort of like, it's a laundry thing really. Oh yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to go the opposite of last week. Where you, you look too much like me with your band shirt and your. No, nah, you know, I've been looking around for my old flannel though. Cause I really want to do like oh. this grunge thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. but... I think I got rid of mine. <laughs> um, they're just not that fashionable around here. Unless you were like really entrenched in it. Then it's like the it yeah. uniform, the, the jeans with the belt and the flannel shirt, the gut and the <laughs> pencil protector and the. Bone on the hip. A pencil per day. Yeah. And the neck beard. And the neck beard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, I, so you got you got some new gear. I got there. Oh, yeah. New gear. And uh, you're telling also, me about that. Tell me about new, that. Oh, tell us about that. Also new gear right here. People on the, you know, people on the audio can't hear, can't see what you're pointing can, at. But. Can you, well, they should watch YouTube. They should watch YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm facing away from the camera here, but uh, yeah. So uh, VU meters and they're actually working. Um, oh, you didn't tell me you got VU meters. Those are sweet. Yeah. And uh, I got those so that I could monitor in between uh, or before or after my outboard gear. So I can get oh. an idea of, of what levels are going in. And then do a quick switch and compare to levels coming out. And, or I could use uh, uh, one left meter and 
uh, and right meter and, and look at just both left channels mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In, in and out and compare and then switch them over. And I can just, uh, I got it set up into my patch base so I can um, really do whatever I want there. Nice. Um, and then I'm making a, uh, a, a bit of a uh, expansion into mastering uh, services and providing uh, mastering to cassette. Mm-hmm. And so I got a, a really nice studio quality Nakamichi uh, recording deck back here for cassettes. And that is not where it's going to go. I wouldn't put it on top of my amplifier because it gets hot there when right. the amplifier's on. But I, I have no idea where to put it right now. I've been, I sat here for 30 minutes this morning <laughs> just trying to visualize what my workflow with it's going to be oh, and, yeah. and where I'd like to have it, which led me down a rabbit hole of looking at studio furniture and, and all kinds of stuff. In a, and then I was like, I got to back off of that. And, <laughs> And uh, um, it does think happen. of something. Well, that's hard because, you know, normally when you have, when you're building out processes, you know, you try something and see how it works and then you iterate or you, you modify it. But when you're talking about a situation where you have to figure out how to plug something in and cable lengths and routing and stuff, you kind of want to pre-plan that as much as possible. Yeah. And now it can end up being far away from me like it is sure. now because there it, it has an eight pin den input um that uh, will accept a remote control oh. and uh yeah and so i can have uh and they may you can still get them like if i tried to find the nakamichi remote for this one they're like ridiculously expensive um for the original ones but uh people are actually making remote control like uh, actual remotes uh with a little eight pin den um uh, rf receiver mm-hmm. and uh and those are really affordable huh. um so I could put it around somewhere and just use a remote control to uh, uh, control uh, record playback and, and functions from here. So that, cause I need to be here right. to uh, with these transport controls uh, to synchronize recording to there mm-hmm. and hit the buttons at the same time, you know? So, um, and again, like, uh, like you said, I, I'm trying to like, I only want to make the cables once, right. you know? Exactly. And, uh, and if I cut them, you know, to fit a shorter area and then decide to go longer then I'm out, you know, those cables, <laughs> yeah. those cables are going to go hang on the wall, you know? So, um, uh, or I'll end up, you know, using the, the cable ends on different cables or something. Right. Um, well, it's wasted effort and wasted material. Yeah. So for now, I'm just going to use long cables on it wherever it goes until I figure out where it's actually going to live. I kind of, in my mind, am envisioning kind of a sidecar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind mm-hmm. of on top of my rack is where my iMac sits. And, you know, an option would be figuring out a way to uh, relocate my iMac onto like a floor stand or something behind my rack. Right. And then use the rack top for. Um, the recording deck, uh, which would be really great because it, it'd be right there within hands reach, you know. So, but yeah, anyway, uh, that kind of studio <laughs> problems, you know. <laughs> They're nice problems to have. Yeah, but I picked picked up. Uh, I got mastering tapes. Yeah, I'm basically ready to go. Um, I just got to get the cabling and and figure out where the scene goes and uh, go through a process of uh, um, cleaning and calibrating, just make sure everything's working as expected and uh, should be up and running if, uh, uh, you know, barring any unforeseen problems that <laughs> I haven't, I haven't even um, plugged it in yet. So it just came out of the shipping box. Oh, got it. And uh, so I, I have to go through and test it and everything. I was going to say, yeah, you might want to make sure it works before you 
Got all that other trouble. <laughs> yeah, but I got to get my cables together mm. to um, to test it out and see what it's doing. And I'm also like considering, um, you know, part of the calibration is to, to is to compare the source audio, uh, you know, with the recorded audio, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, for levels. Um, and you can do that like in a um, like a waveform analyzer, right? Um, and, uh, and so I need to figure out if there's a way in, in the tools that I have in my DAW where I can, I can say, okay, here's the signal I'm sending out and then overlay the signal that is coming back from the, um, from the monitor out of the tape deck and compare those two. Yeah. You should be able to use that AB meter plugin. Okay. Yeah. If I can use something like that, uh, in the DAW, Mm -hmm. um, then, uh, that'll give me, uh, you know, and use it ears too, because you want it. Um, but you can send out a uh, like a test tone, um, like a a, a four hundred and a and a ten k, and compare those, and mm-hmm. then set set that, and and then set the bias and compare um, the different biases uh, adjustments. Or it's been pretty fun learning about. I was gonna um, say it sounds like a fun some project stuff. for you. <laughs> yeah, because it's been so long. Stuff. I mean, like if I don't know uh, you you and I at our age range. <laughs> tape machines you know recorders were a big deal yes and you know and for us cassettes were the only way that we could take our music portable Correct. with us you know and walkman. um yeah walkman um you know uh, we had uh tape decks in our cars right um before that uh, and it was just a little bit before my time but uh we had there was a track i had uh, eight tracks yeah and i had some eight tracks too they were kind of left over from my older brothers mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I got and I hand actually, me down, hand me down eight tracks from, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My mom yeah. And, and I had that, and, you know, and to be honest with, uh, the first music I ever bought uh, was on eight track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, the Rolling Stones. Okay. Mine was AC. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I had gotten a, uh, Christmas present, which was my first stereo. It was a, um, kind of a, kind of a console stereo type of thing mm-hmm. uh, that had an, uh, an eight track, a radio FM, AM FM radio tuner and a turntable all in one with um, an amplifier and all, all of the, um, and speakers, right. uh, you know, and I had that on my desk when I was a kid. And uh, you know, so that was like, that was the greatest Christmas present. Oh yeah. You know, it was my first stereo and I didn't have any albums you know, I didn't have, you know, and so that was kind of the beginning of beginning to, um, uh, my interest in listening to music, you know, right. I mean, that's right. kind of neat, you know, and kind of thinking about that, you know, interest in, in recording and, and interest in, in, you know, in audio production mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also as being a musician, you know, what kind of things today still push you forward and, uh, and, and keep you going. I mean, do the things that, <laughs> um, that when you were a kid, uh, that got you into music, you know, I mean, do you remember like standing maybe outside looking in the window or, or I don't know about you, but I spent like hours in, uh, music shops with, you know, looking at guitars on the walls and, you know, and that feeling of, of, man, I gotta have that guitar, you know, and, um, and going in and dreaming about it like every day. You know, no. a first name basis with the, <laughs> you know, with the sales guys, you know, and, uh, talking to them about stuff. And no, anyway, I, did. I didn't No, Thank you for, <laughs> that was, that was going to be my line. As you, as you talked about your stereo, I was going to lead us back to, and so Doug, 
does does your interest in music stem from those days and and is it is it about <laughs> the same as it was back then you know it's funny i didn't i i it, music was a mystery to me in terms of how it was created and it wasn't until mtv rolled around that i was like i want to do that you know basically watching def leppard and going i want to do that and i couldn't make up my mind do i want to be joe elliott or do i want to be uh you know phil collin but i do remember just being so you know, my mom had a stereo and she had a, just an enormous vinyl collection. Back then, we just called it a record collection because that's all there was, records, right? You know, yeah. and I would play all the, all of her, she had the whole, all of the Beatles, you know, my, she was, she and my aunt went back and forth like it was famously one or the other. He, she, my aunt was Elvis and my mom was the Beatles and they just like, I don't know why it had to be one or the other, but, um, so I listened to all the Beatles and Simon Garfunkel and, uh, it's all kinds of stuff. And eventually we upgraded that stereo to a component stereo, you know, with a CD player. And that was a huge deal. And then it was kind of like realizing you had to rebuy all of your, all of your stuff, you know, starting with all the Beatles on CD and then cassettes, of course. But, uh, yeah, my kind of like my earliest memory of being just entranced with music and, and enamored with it was, uh, just listening to, uh, AM radio. Um, before there was a way to do this and I had, you know, like one of those radio shack, um, portable cassette recorders, you know, the kinds of the, like the handles that pop out and the big clicky buttons. Yeah. And then you like, you <laughs> eject the tape and sometimes it would fly out because that, that spring was so strong. And, uh, just like sitting in front of the stereo for like hours waiting for my favorite songs to come on so that I could hit record and listen to them later through this tiny little, probably two inch stupid speaker. And then, yeah, then it was uh, eight tracks and going to the swap meet and buying cassettes and vinyl. And it's that was the side that I was interested in, the listening, the collecting. And it wasn't until MTV that I was kind of like, oh, I want to do that myself. But um, that became latent because I felt like, and I think I've told this story before somewhere, that even at 13, I felt like I was too old to start a music instrument. And I kind of changed gears then. And didn't come back to it until I was in my 30s. Um, although, no, that's not true. That's guitar. I did play drums in college. I, I bought a drum set and I played drums in college with my roommate's band. And then started my own three-piece. Uh, and then when we moved up here, I had to put the drums away because we lived in a flat and there was no place to play them. So, yeah, it was kind of a latent thing until I was until much later in life when I had kids and wanted to teach them how to how to, what it looked like to practice an instrument and I bought a guitar and, and then be, you know, fell in love with it all over again. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the whole guitar side was different. Um, uh, for me, the, then the, um, the audio production side and there, um, when I was younger and I, this is probably more around when I was like, uh, 19 mm -hmm. or 20 or so. And, my my only experience with audio at that time was was home audio stuff, mm -hmm. and I had had the opportunity to mess around with uh, like a four track cassette recorder a little bit, but didn't really know much about them or anything, and they were kind of a mystery. And but I had this friend; he worked for this company, which is just a little small business. Uh, uh, their their name was Midwest Concert Systems. Uh, long not around anymore. They actually uh, kind of got bought out, and they're a company that still exists now. And uh, they were pro audio, uh, live sound reinforcement, uh, rental. Okay. Um, and, and they also uh, provided sound engineers mm -hmm. 
to uh, uh, to bands. So it was kind of a, oh. a a full service. You know, you can rent our our gear and a sound man for your gig. You That's know, thing. cool. And I thought that was cool too. Um, and and anyway, my friend worked for them, and he was actually running sound uh, at that time. And um, and I was just interested. So I, I used to, and it was below the music store that I used to go oh, to. Okay. And so I hop downstairs where, uh, into his shop and he, you know, he'd be like, I go down there and there's just like a, a, a wreck of cables <laughs> and snakes sure. and everything from, you know, they just got done offloading or, uh, you know, uh, from, uh, last night's gig and everybody yeah. threw everything on the floor and went, went home and went to bed, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, so I was like, Oh, you want some help? And, uh, uh, so that was, he taught me how to roll cables uh, at that point. That's a good and skill. <laughs> it is. And, uh, um, you know, of course, the first thing I did is I grabbed a cable and, and I started like going, eh, eh, and he's like, stop, you know, <laughs> do and, not roll it around your arm. <laughs> no. I do that with uh, extension cords for, and so he taught me the, uh, uh you know, uh, the rollover, yep. you know, and, and, and to create the coil and stuff. And so, but anyway, uh, I just found myself like going back down there and just need any help with anything. You know, and helping him out. And eventually he took me out on a gig with him. And uh, I just kind of got to observe. And he was kind of showing me what everything was on the on the board and the amps and effects and stuff like that. And uh, and then I got to actually do a gig one time because he was unavailable. Hmm. And I'd, I'd been out with him several times. And uh, um, it was a low profile, just a local uh, bar gig. Um, not a, not a big deal. Uh, just go out and run sound and it, it went okay. It didn't have any, you know, feedback or anything like that. That's and, important. You know, nothing That's nothing success, bad right? happened. <laughs> so it was, it was good. And, uh, and so I got my feet wet that way. And, you know, it, it's kind of, someone is always there to kind of help you in somehow, you know, yeah, might, yeah. There, you know, I, I think you never do anything comp- entirely on your own, you know? And, uh, so networking and other people are really important friends mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I remember, you know, that feeling of, of just being in the room with, with all the cables, you know, cleaning up the mess, getting things organized, you know, and just feeling like I was, I was useful, right? <laughs> you know, and I hadn't even done anything with audio yet. I was just yeah, like, yeah. um, but that felt great, you know, and, uh, and I think trying to hang on to that kind of initial feeling even like the the music store uh, gazing and dreaming about the guitar and why you want to play or um or that feeling of just being you know in the scene that yeah, you're into yeah. you know and uh, getting to mess around with with you know, I mean, it's fun i get to mess around with with cool audio gadgets you know right. and uh because i i think that's you know it's a lot of fun and and it's it, it gets more fun you know when uh, you can start getting cool things to happen as a result of working with the cool audio gadgets, you sure. know, and you get the results and things. But I think it's easy to lose that feeling and kind of get lost in. Yeah, it can be. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't know if it's that whole beginner's mind thing and, and refinding it. And I, I just think that, you know, we're such creatures of habit that once we start going down a path, that path becomes well known. And once it's well known that it loses its magic and mystery also when, and I think this is partially true, even when you do something that you love, if you do it for money, at some point it's a job, right? And then it becomes something you do over and over. And it's not only not new, but it's something that you have to do. And then 
it can lose its magic and mystery then too. So I think it is yeah. important to, I think the implication here, I think it is important to kind of rediscover that, that magic and mystery and interest periodically as part of the process. If you find that you've not, that you've kind of misplaced it, I won't say lost it. I'll say misplaced it. Yeah. Well, I kind of get renewed every time a new song comes in, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, and I get, I, I'm back there and I, uh, cause it's all square one every time. That's what, I think that's one of the things I love about not using, um, you know, any type of, of template that just sets mm. up and, and, you know, presets and things like that. I, I just am into the, uh, the whole process of starting from scratch, you know, and, um, you know, and just building it because yeah, that's the creative part, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, if I find myself wanting to go to a preset or something like that, then it's kind of a flag for me because, uh, it means that I'm, uh, I'm not getting what I want organically, you mm-hmm. know? So I usually step away, uh, then, um, I do like to use, uh, presets for ideas though. Sure. Um, sure. And, um, I'm not opposed to even, you know, for myself or anybody else to, to grab a preset, go through, you know, a lot of these tools have lots of presets, yeah. uh, you know, in DAWs. And to go through them and and to listen to what's going on with each preset, and then to look at the settings yeah, yeah. on the presets and why does it sound that way? Right. You know, because that's um, that's a way you can really learn how to use your um, your plugins. You know. Right. Uh, and sometimes really... it's something that you wouldn't have thought to do yourself necessarily, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. You know, but uh, you don't you don't have that ability in um, in outboard gear. No, like that. Right. <laughs> uh, unless it's, it's something with, uh, um, recall. uh, recall, you know, DAW plugin, um, companions that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that you can set and, you know, automated rotary, uh, you know, volume pots or levels, you know, and things like that on whatever tool it is. Um, which I don't have any of those kind of nice to have, uh, there's a couple out there like the better maker and, and, uh, who else does that? Um, does Wes audio have something, I think, uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, but those tools are pretty cool, especially for the recall part. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and being able to uh bring up the plugin in the you know in your DAW and then it, all your controls just set to where they were in your last session automatically on the hardware. Right. You know? But uh, yeah, anyway, uh a rabbit hole. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. I think what you're talking about is uh they're they're they go hand in hand. You're talking about discovery. And I think discovery, that's what beginner's mind and creativity are all about, right? So yeah. you're coming into a project fresh, and then it is new and exciting. Um, and yeah, discovering, you know, new clients, new bands, new songs, you know, and, and what can I what can I do with this? And what's in here? And uh, yeah, that, that stuff, that is fun. That is exciting. Yeah. I think another thing is working with lots of different genres makes that um, mm. fun, too. Yeah. Makes it more, makes it more possible. You know, to have to mix things up and, and you know, and not have everything be uh, the same. Um, oftentimes, you get into the same artist and the same band, and their their songs are sonically similar right. in, the, in the same album, and you'll be very close to the same settings all the way through their album. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, th- there'll be some some tweaks and differences, but because of the way that they've all recorded and who they are and the way they play, and uh, you know, and uh, uh, it just stands to reason that there's going to be a lot of similarities in the way that oh, the sure. audio is processed from song to song, you know? Yeah. Especially, I mean, 
from a mastering perspective because you want them all to sound like they belong together. So they they kind of should sound of a piece, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, some sometimes there's um intentional departures from sure. that through the you know, maybe the song is is going through, you know, like within a song you can have a dynamic um kind of cadence, you know. And you can you can expand on that out to the whole album, where the, there's a like a, a just a dynamic flow uh, throughout the entire album, you know. And so sometimes it may be that there's like a drop, right? You know, but the drop isn't in you know in the pre-chorus or something like that. It's mm-hmm. it's the song is the drop of you know this uh, this album of ten songs, you know, as we're moving through, and this is like an, the artistic you know, the, the, the vision of the overall album and how it tells a story in some way, um, or shares a feeling, you know, and, and, and I think that that's really cool. That that's one of the sequences. Sequencing is really important. I agree. And in telling that story and, and taking the, taking the listener on an emotional journey, uh, yeah. over the course of an album. I think, yeah. And, you know, uh, bands like Pink Floyd were like, Oh yeah. To me, they, they, created it you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was my, my first experience in that I, i'm sure others did too before them but uh um the way that that uh, their music oh you know you almost felt worn out by the time you were done listening to the entire album you know yeah. um uh just going through it it was yeah pink floyd for sure i think i think sergeant peppers was the credit yeah, for being the first yeah. like the the the, al- the album that created the album format as a as a form unto itself the who tommy oh tommy oh my god yes but yeah so anyway uh, yeah so i think yeah so discovery is huge and having that kind of open beginner's mind and and is is important in keeping that that flame alive but um maybe that's the way to get it when you're kind of in a um um in a lull or in a funk you know yeah and uh is to clear off the table and you know, and, uh, uh, kind of start from, uh, from a blank slate and, right. you know, come back to that, that whole, uh, train of thought that you had a long time ago. Yeah. I've, you know, I've done that where, where I'm like, okay. And I, I think I've given this advice, at least I've given it to myself where I say, okay, learn everything and then forget everything that you learned and, and see it fresh. Yeah. <laughs> And it's yeah, because sometimes you find yourself, okay, there. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, where it, everything's getting kind of mechanical. Right. And yeah, I'm going to do this because I know it works and, and it, you know, and that type of thing. It's nice, but it's not really fun. It's not as yeah, creative. It, it was creative the first few times, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That's but, when it becomes a job, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and for me, I, I guess, you know, the whole job thing is, is the, uh, working in the business part and the whole having fun and, and passionate is working on the business, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, so not the books and not, you know, not the taxes and, <laughs> and, you know, not trying to get sales and all that, but actually the having process. music to work on and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. doing, doing what we do. Yeah. The other part is just like, you can't wait to get that done, you know? Sure. <laughs> so, well, sometimes you can't wait to get it done because you have something else in the pipeline and you want to do something new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you can't wait to get the books done or can't wait to get, oh. you know, get the stamp invoice out or oh, I you can know, wait whatever. To get the books done. 
and uh, <laughs> the books yeah. can wait. <laughs> they can wait uh, till April. <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> I do monthly reviews now because yeah. So if you're that. one of Matt's clients, <laughs> you've got you know months. You've got till uh, uh, no, you know, October, no. November. Nope. Before Don't you're tell him that. Nope. <laughs> That's like like interest free. So get hold of Matt, get your work done because <laughs> killing me, man. Oh <laughs> yeah, I have no idea if we like like got to the bottom of that topic. Um, I think I think we kind of did. I think there's some nuggets in there. Whenever whenever I'm doing post, I'm like ah, anybody who's stuck with the anybody who's stuck with it this far, they found that gold nugget. <laughs> Sometimes it comes at the you know thirty minute mark, but it's yeah. in there. So stick around because you might find something, you know, yeah, I'm telling you here at the end of the Yeah, right, right, show, right. You know? Oh, funny, funny aside. Um, the person who I learned to roll cables from was, uh, was, uh, an ex, an ex grateful dead roadie who was an administrative assistant at my job one day. And, uh, I don't know how we got on the subject of, of, I was probably rolling something up. No, here she goes here. Let me show you how to, it was probably up like a power cord from a computer. She's like, no, here, let me show you how to do that. And she showed me how to like properly roll a cable. I'm like, I'm like looking at her. She's a gray haired lady. I'm like, where did you learn to do that? And she goes, oh yeah, I used to be a great uh, roadie for the Grateful Dead back in the day. <laughs> I'm like, who would have guessed? <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. There is no one in the entire universe that you would want to teach you that other than her. <laughs> right. It was, uh, it was kismet. Stuff like that happens sometimes. But yeah, you know what I expect in San Francisco, you know? <laughs> you can't swing a cap without hitting a, a musician or somebody with a connection to some historical figure. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, the whole thing is, you know, go back to uh, where it all began and what, what originally like got you feeling, you know, inside where you're like, wow, you know, and, and got that dream going, um, you know, whatever it is for you. And yeah, I think uh, that's good advice, you know, and, and don't lose, lose touch of that because, you know, that's uh, even if you, I don't know if you, like me, I, I still have that guitar, you know, yeah. I ended up getting, I ended up getting it, you know? And, um, and then I dreamed about another guitar and then another guitar <laughs> and then another guitar. That does happen. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So keep that dream going. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the key is to, it, what, you can get easily, you can get caught up in the what and forget the why. And yeah. it's, it's important to go back and, and revisit the why. What the why? <laughs> what the what? What the why? <laughs> All right, man. I think I'm gonna uh, gonna. That's gonna be the title of the <laughs> show. What what the why? What the why? I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to get clickbaity enough that people actually <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, man. It's good talking to you. Yeah, you do the same. And Everybody, the listeners, thank you very thanks much. Thanks for thank you very thank you very much. Thanks for coming on this journey with us today. We are on a journey. <laughs> We don't know where we're going. We know we're meandering all over the place, but it's a journey. You know, there's a point A where we started and point B is unknown. (laughs) That's right. All right. Cheers, everybody. We have have no plan. (laughs) We have a plan. We just make this up. (laughs) I I think that shows. Like to talk to each other. I think they can tell. (laughs) All right. Peace, everybody. (laughs) Cheers. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. 
Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating.